Hello, everybody, and welcome to the podcast for February 8th, uh, 2021. And in the uh, studio today, we have Jessica Flores, the dispatch supervisor for the Teller County Sheriff's Office. Uh, this is Tommy sitting in for Greg Couch. And also in the studio, we have Sheriff Mike Sol and Renee Bunting. Deputy Renee Bunting, I'm sorry. That's okay. Deputy Renee Bunting. Everybody uh, knows it's Renee. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> yes. Renee. It's just Renee. It's just Renee, that's just right. Renee. Yeah. Anyway, so let's let's get started. Uh, Jessica, thank you for joining us today. So we're talking about dispatchers here. I understand that uh, being a dispatcher is a really rather complicated job. Uh, can you kind of talk about the duties and responsibilities of the dispatchers? So the dispatchers answer all incoming phone calls, non-emergent and emergent phone calls, and then they dispatch the appropriate responses, police, fire, and EMS. And there's always utility problems. Wildlife calls, too. They just handle pretty much anything that comes in and get the proper people out there. Now, I also understand that, uh, say that there's some sort of a, 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 an emergency that's immediate, and they call a dispatcher. The dispatcher has to be able to talk them through CPRs, other life-saving techniques as well? Yeah, we use three different protocols. We have fire protocols, law enforcement protocols, and medical protocols. So they follow those protocols. Um, they'll ask you first, like, your address, your name, your phone number, and then they'll ask you what's going on. And at that point, they'll determine if it's they need to go down the law, medical, or fire route. And then with that, there will be a series of questions and then a series of, of instructions that they'll give you. And they can provide CPR, choking instructions. They can also help you with getting out of your house if you're there's a fire. So it sounds like um, some pretty heavy multitasking and some potentially very high-stress situations. Yeah, because at the same time, there's other phone calls coming in and other radio traffic coming in. And there's usually... Two, di- two dispatchers is what we like to have in the center at all times. You know, Tommy, our dispatch center's changed a lot in, in the last, I don't know, 20 years that that I've been around. And the thing is, is that most people don't know this. Jessica actually came back. Jessica mm-hmm. started here as a dispatcher. Um, she worked with me a long time ago. Yes. She left, um, became a supervisor, uh, floor supervisor in, in Weld County, mm-hmm. which is a big dispatch center. Um, and I was able to coax her back here <laughs> to help us. And, uh, you know, uh, even way back when, when I worked with Jessica, I knew that she would be a supervisor someday. She's just that that personality. Yeah. She's a leader. And uh, when she came back, she has taken the reins to a dispatch center that went from 15,000 calls a year, years ago, to where we're now probably 60,000 calls plus a year. Oh, yes. Incredible. Um, for the same amount of dispatchers we had 20 mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and it's overwhelming. And she's helping modernize the dispatch center, creating new uh, abilities to handle the amount of calls for service we get. Because really, the Teller County Dispatch Center hasn't seen any growth in probably 20 years. How many dispatchers do you have, ma'am? Currently, I have eight, but I am hiring two right now. So going through the hiring process. But we're hoping to get some more soon because we really need it to keep the 24-hour staffing of at least two dispatchers. Now, since you've come on, have you made some changes to the the way that the dispatch center works, and what kind of changes have you made? I came in in the project, but we're going to DTRS 800's radios, and that is a whole county. We're getting the fire departments on, um, the medical on board at two, so we're actually doing that cutover here in March. We'll be completely on 800's with some VHF for fire. So that's one of the biggest changes we've had. And then just trying to let the dispatchers know to type all their comments in 
air what they can. And then we now have what's called active 911 pages. So it pages out the address, the phone number, the RP's name, so they can call them back and extra information. So just helping them out with that because we used to scratch on a piece of paper and hand it to our partner. And now notes and comments mean something and they go somewhere. And soon we'll have MDTs so the guys will be able to see the comments we're actually typing in the calls. So trying to prep them for that change that's coming soon, hopefully. And, uh, and that's another thing, Tommy. The, so between Jessica and Greg, that radio system, which normally costs the county a lot of money to maintain a radio system, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they were able to go through, do their own studies, find the radios, and save the county, you know, I'd, I'd say about $300,000 last year to go to the system. Whereas prior, we weren't able to even have deputies on handsets talk to our dispatch center. It was very dangerous. They had no communication pretty much anywhere in the county because the radio system was failed so badly. Yeah, if they went past Victor down to Gold Camp, we just hoped and prayed that in a couple hours we'd hear from them. Yeah, we were were down to cannon string. That that was how bad it had gotten. Mm -hmm. And what they did was they went, got with the state, figured out how to get the system um, for almost nothing. I think we pay a hundred dollars a year for the system now. Mm-hmm. Whereas before the County had a budget of $50,000 a year to maintain, maintain the crap that we had. And, and it was crap. And now they have the ability to talk to anybody in the County. The deputies went to, we, we got radios donated to us from other agencies. They're older, but they work, mm-hmm. um, to where now the deputies can talk to dispatch. And that, that was a cost savings of about 280 some thousand dollars. Over the life expectancy now of this system, it's going to save millions of dollars for the county. Yeah. So it's um, through their hard work, they did an amazing job to help mm-hmm. this county move forward. That's great. So talking about and establishing this, what that tells me is that the dispatcher is really kind of that connection between the individual deputy out in the field and the greater sheriff's office. If he needs backup or support of any sort, that dispatcher is that conduit at all times during the situation, any yes. situation. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. not even that. She's the, or he, we have some he's, Mm -hmm. um, they're the conduit for any fires that occur within the county. They're the heartbeat to everything that goes on in the county. If you want emergency services from ambulances, fire departments, police officers, animal control, um, they're the people you call. You want a helicopter sent to the county to help somebody for flight for life? The dispatchers are the ones that order that. And all at the same time, they may be dispatching a hundred different firefighters bunch of law enforcement officers and EMS and flight for life and fire department or fire air systems. There's two dispatchers in that room that do all that mm-hmm. on a major incident. So yeah. all the coordination and all the deconfliction happens in the dispatcher office. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and even so, search and rescue is also another yep, one in wildlife. Search and rescue. And anything that goes on in the County, the dispatchers are the ones that know. And that's a, that's a big job for 10 dispatchers total. That's, yeah. uh, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how we do it, quite honestly. Yeah. So very, very much with the multitasking in mm-hmm. high stress uh, situations. Yes, and then trying to keep track of it and make sure other people know what you're doing and what you need. And the training, just mm-hmm. the amount of training the dispatcher gets. It's not a job like it used to be, kind of retirement, and, and you would hear that, um, you know, hey, car 21, go to, that's mm-hmm. not it anymore. There's so much more to it, to where the technology and everything else going on with it is pretty in depth. You know, there there is so much that they have to know and do. And the training process was 18 months. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's about six to eight months right now. But I mean, yeah. then you're it's constant on the job training with changes. I mean, they've gone through I think twelve different changes this in this last year, and most wow. of them are software based changes. You're talking about changes. So you started in Teller County, went up to Weld, and then came back as a dispatch yes. supervisor. What are some of the big changes you've seen between when you were here before and now coming back? Some of the big changes is like we're on a centralized CAD system, so we can talk to El Paso, Colorado Springs PD, um, Cripple Creek, Woodland. We can share our call screen, share our comments, get help faster. That was not quite functioning back then. And with like the Walter Canyon fire and the flooding we had, it could have been used tremendously when we had the flooding shutting down Highway 24. Going to the 800 radio system, I was on the 800 radio system at Well County, and now coming back, knowing that we have a better radio system for us to talk on, that's one of the big changes. And then just, we have better deputies. We have more deputies than when I left. And I think we have a better communication with those deputies than we did before. So. Now, you're also talking about the uh, the computer systems vice writing down notes and handing them off to somebody. So things are a lot more automated now? Yeah, things are a lot more automated, documented better. And then, like, knowing the guys will be going to MDT so they can see all of our call comments, that will be a new What's change. MDT? It's their mobile car, mobile computer in the car, and then they can see the whole call screen. They can dispatch themselves, put them on scene, in and route. Mm-hmm. And um, that will be something we've never had before. And they'll even start being able to put in their own dispositions instead of, right now, if they're clearing a call, they give us a lot of information, take up a lot of airtime mm-hmm. trying to tell us what occurred on this call screen. And now they'll be able to just put themselves clear, type in their own notes, and all we need to know is that they're available for the next call. Okay. And it'll save us from doing a lot of the extra stuff we have to do because right now they just don't have the technology in their cars to do it. So you were talking about communicating with the uh, the dispatchers, the civilians doing so. I, I, I figure that if somebody's calling you 911, it's potentially the worst day of their life and they are mm-hmm. freaked out. And you know, if they have the wherewithal to calm down and organize their thoughts, what are the what's the information you as dispatchers want to hear first? So the location, because if we don't know where you're at, we can't get help. So even if we don't know what is going on, sure. we can still send police, fire, and medical to get there to figure out what's going on. So we always want your location. And the cool thing is, is we now have this other technology that's called CLQ. So it's caller location query. We can send you a text. You accept it. It will send us back your location if you don't know where you're at. Oh, nice. Okay. It is amazing technology that will help us, especially when people are lost in the Forest Service, Christmas tree cutting or ATV. And I get Hunters. it. Hunters, you, you, they yeah. could go hundreds of miles on ATV in one day, and all of a sudden they're like, I don't know where I am, but I just crashed. And then you're injured, you're hyped up, you don't know. So now we have these CLQ that really will save us a lot of time. So that's something. So it's location, then we need your phone number so we can call you back. And then it's use your name, and that's more for that reassurance to calm you down. If you're really hyped up, I could say, hey, Tommy, I need you to listen to me instead of sir. If I sir you to death, you're going to be like, just give me help. But if I'm like, Tommy, I need you to calm down and listen to me so we can get help to you. And then if I give you what I need you to do and why, that usually helps a caller calm down instead of just, I need you to take a deep breath. I need you to listen to me. That, that doesn't usually work so sure. well. And then we'll start our protocol and ask more specific questions about what's going on. So then we can determine, do we need to send a fire truck because you're trapped in your vehicle and you need to cut be cut out? Or do I need to send law enforcement and stage fire medical because they're seeing safety because there's guns involved? So that just really will get more into what's going on throughout the call. 
So it sounds like the Jessica. It sounds like you've been doing this for quite a while now. Can you seventeen talk, years? Can you, can you talk about how you got started and as a dispatcher and, and worked your way up over time and ended up in Taylor County as the uh, supervisor? Yeah. So it's interesting. I was nineteen when I first interviewed for the position because I was a. I worked at Denver Water and I was kind of their dispatcher on swing shift because none of the guys in the emergency services would like to work in the desk and answering the phone calls. So I made a deal with that supervisor. Hey. You, I'll work Monday through Friday in dispatch if I get the weekends off. And then I was friends with the undersheriff at the time up here, and he's like, hey, we have an opening. You should apply. So I applied. I didn't get it the first time. The lady that they did hire quit, and then they offered me the job. And then I, by that time, I was 20. It was it was hard going through training. I actually thought I was going to have to quit, but I made it through. I realized that it was because my trainer was talked to me while I was trying to talk on the radio, so none of the guys thought I could talk on the radio. <laughs> But I made it through 10 years here, and it, I loved it. I was a trainer. I trained most of the staff that was in there, and I saw Jason go from corporal all the way up to lieutenant by the time I left, I believe. And then I left and went to Weld for six years while my husband went back to school. There I learned so much more because you're in charge of a whole channel. Like if I worked the North Channel, there was nine law enforcement agencies on there. Plus, I still had to answer phone calls. So I could be taking a medical while also taking traffic stops back to back for multiple officers. So just the amount of call volume, the busyness um, increased. And I became a trainer there within a year. And then I became a Q, which is a quality assurance person that I'd listen to calls and give them feedback on how they did so they can improve on the next call. And then I became a floor uh, acting supervisor and was given some extra tasks of like writing policies and procedures. And then this position opened up, which it was always ran by a sergeant, usually a patrol sergeant or an admin sergeant. And they usually never understood what dispatchers did. And also they didn't like, at the time there was no men. So 10 women quarreling was never really fun for them to deal with. I was that sergeant for a while. (laughs) It was not easy. It's not easy. Life was really hard. So, well, okay. So, any any stories that you'd like to, to share with us about you know Jessica's a dispatcher? Jessica is a she's a prankster too. You know, um, she's got a great personality, and the, and the thing is, is that um, I knew when she was coming back that you know she would make an impact of just professionalism that we haven't had or seen in the dispatch center. And that was that was one of my goals was I wanted to make sure that we had a dispatch center that that really lived up to what it needed to be in Teller County for the citizens. So and that's one of the reasons I really I had called Jessica to let her know the job was going to be opening because mm-hmm. uh, I knew that she was working in Weld County and and her family's from here. Jessica's mm-hmm. a hometown girl. This isn't uh, somebody that that was just here for a little while and left and came back. She's she grew up here by Levin mm-hmm. Reservoir. She's a hunter. She's a fisherman. Um, she has a wonderful family, and she's got great values, and that was something I look for in people, you know, especially at the sheriff's office, just people with value and understanding of, of what citizens need and what, what our oath means. Um, and, and that was why I was so happy to have her come back and just be a part mm-hmm. of this. And, and you know, our, our staff is family here. And the thing is, you have to have people that know how to deal with family. Um, and we're growing so quickly as a county, you know, I knew that the, the things that we would have to do are going to be very hard in the upcoming years and the changes and just that that level of growth has to be managed correctly. And that's that's why we have Jessica. And she's doing an unbelievable job. So it sounds like improvements all around for the people of Teller County as far as their mm-hmm. safety goes between 
there's, a, of course, the, the technology and equipment advances, but there's also bringing Jessica in to take that, dispatch them yeah. to the next level. Yeah, She's somebody that cares. Yeah. Yeah, because we have, like, national 911 standards we have to meet for, like, and also even fire standards that we have to meet for getting those calls out in a less than two minutes. So trying to hit those standards that I just don't think we ever realized we had, and by going to a bigger agency that a complies to those standards and being taught what those standards are really helped me. So it was pretty much like six years of training and abroad while getting paid to come back to bring that knowledge here. And that's kind of how I look at it. But so, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, but Jason's right. We are a family. I mean, I remember making blueberry pancakes for one of our deputies <laughs> currently now because he was a child of one of our deputies and now he yeah. is one of our deputies. And then Jason and I had a pretty tough call once where I was the negotiator pretty much for a suicidal guy for over 45 minutes. And the whole time I'm thinking how Jason just got remarried, has a new house, and another deputy just got divorced and is taking care of his kids. And the other deputy just got married and bought a new house too. And I'm thinking about all my guys there, and I know the advantage this guy has because we luckily know this area. And I'm worried about my guys the whole time. So it becomes way more personal when mm-hmm. you talk to these people to talk them out of their house and make sure your guys are safe because they are your family. You've gone to campfires with them and meetings and trainings with them, and they'll even shoulder you and steal your bagel. But you still care for them. <laughs> There's an inside joke on that one, Jessica will never try to steal my bagel again. <laughs> no. As you noticed today when he was eating his bagel, I uh, stayed were... 10 feet away. I didn't come anywhere close. <laughs> well, then it sounds like being in an organization the size of Teller County, mm-hmm. it's large enough to be busy, but it's small enough that you can still have those good, close interpersonal relationships with everybody. Yeah. I'm, I, I would suspect that in a larger, like say El Paso County, something like that, that that family atmosphere is unheard of. Well, it's hard. It's hard when you have so many people. Sure. You know, because then it breaks into smaller groups, and and we try very, very hard to make sure everybody's included here. I think that's. That's the difference. And yeah. when you can walk down the hall and know everybody by name, uh-huh. it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Or you, you have history with people just in, you know, knowing them for many years. And, you know, the sheriff's office went from a turnover of 200% a year. Um, and that means people were leaving left and right. And there was no relationship. There was no community within the agency. It was just, it was just people passing. Where now we don't lose people. I think we're down below 5%. We're not losing people, and people stay. And then you build those relationships over time. Your command staff and Jessica's part of that command staff, you've got over 200 and some years of law enforcement policing. You just don't see that in most agencies anymore. And then the deputies, an average deputy is five years now. You have to pay for performance too, right? So we had to have some raises last year to help keep people. You have to keep up with standards. And that's been a problem for a long time in this county is that you weren't valued as an employee with what it took the cost to live here. Mm-hmm. We're still, we're still below, but we're getting there. Well, Jessica, thank you for coming in with us and joining us here in the in the fantastic studio today. Oh, I love your studio. <laughs> yeah, we, we just redesigned. I feel like yes. sitting behind this desk. I feel like a talk show. No, host. and your pictures are amazing. So ah, I thanks. love staring at those. But, uh, but uh, yeah, thank you for coming in today. You know, a lot of people out there just don't quite know the depth of responsibility that dispatchers have. Yeah. And uh, the increase in safety that they get because of the things that you do. So thank you for coming back to Taylor County mm-hmm. to be the dispatch supervisor out here and, and 
bring that depth of experience that you that you've had from your like you said your your paid uh, education. <laughs> My paid uh, education training abroad. Yeah, that's right. Training abroad. That's what <laughs> it was. Abroad. Yeah, that's right. So let me go ahead and close out now. Uh, everybody, thank you for joining us for this podcast today, and we look forward to talking to you on the next podcast. So take care, and we'll talk to you later. This podcast was made possible by the Teller County Honorary Deputy Sheriff's Association. The HDSA is a nonprofit organization dedicated to increasing public safety and awareness by providing safety and survivability equipment to deputies, administering community events like Shop with a Hero, and enabling information programs like this podcast.